Aloha! Welcome to the Haleo Nakaula podcast. We are based upcountry on the stunning island of Maui. If you have any questions or want to know more about us, you can always check us out at hokmaui.com. We would love to connect with you on social media throughout the week on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Today, our pastor, Daniel Oliveira, talks about Jesus teaching the disciples. There are many layers of interpretation, but it is important to make the scriptures practical in our lives. It is also important to continue studying and learning the deeper meanings of Jesus' teachings. Hi, everybody. Hi. Last week, we talked a little bit about Jesus, right? Jesus Christ as a rabbi, as a teacher. And we, we, were, we went through a bunch of verses saying, you know, he was not coming to abolish the law. He was not coming to say, okay, it's all done. I'm going to start something new. He was saying, no, I came to fulfill the law. Remember that he is the word made flesh. He came from the Father. We're talking now, okay, Jesus as a Jewish rabbi, what was he teaching? What was his mission when he came here on this earth 2,000 years ago? Right? We, we were talking about he was a teacher that would go from synagogue to town teaching. But we, we also remember that we read that he had authority in his teaching. Because he was not just teaching he was walking in his teaching. And he was talking about the, the Pharisees saying, do what they tell you, but don't do what they do. Because that was the problem. The problem is that everybody knew the word. Everybody knew the scriptures. But they were, in a sense, in a shallow obedience to the scriptures. So we're going to go through some very fun verses. And I just want to start here with John seven sixteen, And he says, So Jesus answered them and said, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. So this is important because he was not making something up. You know, in other verses we, we see, I only do what I see my father doing. I only speak what I, I hear my father speaking. And how could he know what the father was speaking? Right? We know that he would pray and he would spend moments alone, leave everybody behind. But we also know that at the age of 12, he was at the temple talking to the doctors, the lawyers, the rabbis, the Pharisees you know, about the scriptures. He was discussing and asking questions and answering questions. So, but he was saying, my teaching is not mine. And this is one, one of the, the drives that I have is not to come up with my teaching. We should follow his example. You know, and what was the teaching? You know, what was he saying and at his second coming? He's going to come and we better know what the teaching is. 
That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit, right? He will teach you all things. He will remind you all things. And for that reason, we also have the scriptures. So, I, I always, I am like, sometimes I, I, I hear things and I go like, where did that come from? Is that in the scriptures? Or is that a new teaching? <laughs> Is that somebody's good idea? Is that confirmed by the, the, the scriptures? John 14, 15, he says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Another verse, he says, If you keep my commandments, you are truly my disciples. So the, the whole thing about the discipleship was not just knowing what the teaching was, but to keep it. To keep it means to walk, to obey it. Are you guys with me? All good? So we're going to read two short parables that we all heard Sunday school 10,000 times. Some of us, like me, maybe 20,000 times. But very simple, and it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. There's a lot of things here. In one verse, you could just go like, Why did he bury it again? Right? Was it, he doing anything illegal to dig a, a treasure that was lost and nobody knew who, whose it was? Right? Or was it he, he trying to be nice or did he know who, who it belonged to? Right? Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. You could say that the first guy, the treasurer, he, he didn't have much. By accident, he found something. But even what he found freely... It still require him to sell everything. Does it make sense? Even if you found something that was freely yours, that treasure required you to sell everything that you had to be able to buy that field that had the treasure. Of course, we always think about pirates and treasures, you know, and then you get stranded in an island, and then, you know, 40 years before that, another pirate was there, and he buried a treasure, and then you found it. But this is not talking about treasure. It's talking about something with a deeper meaning. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding 
one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. The same thing, this guy had all the pearls that he could use. He was a tradesman. He was already buying and selling. He had a lot of stuff. But he found something that was more important than everything that he already had. So what is Jesus trying to talk to his, teach his disciples here? What was he teaching them? What was the main source of his teaching to his disciples? It was the Torah, the scriptures. And what was the most important thing for him? It was his relationship with the scriptures. And he was trying to convey to those listening to him that what he was offering them was a treasure. Or it was a pearl of great price. If you find this treasure and you pay the price, everything will change in your life. You're going to abide by the principles of the scriptures. And that is what you're looking for. Matthew 23, he says, speaking to the Pharisees, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, but have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. But these are the things that you should have done without neglecting the others. So he was saying, you guys are so right when you count the leaves of the mint to tithe accordingly. And that's right, don't stop doing that. But don't also forget that there is a deeper fulfillment and obedience to the scriptures when you walk in justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So that's why he was saying to the Pharisees here, you're, you're doing right on on this shallow, superficial obedience to the scriptures. But where, when it comes to the deeper applications, when it comes to forgiving your neighbor, to having justice, faithfulness, mercy, that's where you're failing. So when we, we read Jesus Christ teaching his disciples, he was saying, you guys are doing fine in one level. You guys are going to the temple. You guys are sacrificing. You guys are teaching your children. You're learning, memorizing. But what about loving your neighbor as you love yourself? What about the deeper heartfelt obedience to the scriptures? He explains that keeping the tithe is good, but we cannot forget the other aspects of the, the law, the word. 
Jesus was trying to revive the relationship of his disciples with the scriptures. In a way that they would actually learn to live according to what the scriptures were saying. Matthew 23, 1-3 says, Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to the, his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, all that they tell you, do and observe. But do not do according to their deeds, for they say things and do not do them. This is awesome. You know, in another passage where somebody, you know, one of these religious people are passing the Lord. They say, uh, what is the great commandment? And then he says, oh, thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart. And thy neighbor as yourself. And the guy went, okay, but who is my neighbor? Right? And then Jesus had to tell the whole story of the, the Samaritan. That somebody was wounded, robbed, abandoned on the street. And he used the, the, a priest and a Pharisee and a Samaritan. Because the priests and Pharisees, they were doing everything right. But when it came to helping and loving their neighbor, they crossed the other side of the road. Does it make sense? Just putting the picture back together. So he was trying to teach his disciples that it's not enough for you to be a good, shallow obedient to the scriptures, you have to also look for the deeper meanings of what the scriptures is telling you to do. Do what they say. They were teaching the scriptures, but they were not necessarily walking in it. We see him teaching that on the parable of the sower. Remember that? And Luke 8 14 to 15, I'm not going to read it now, but he's saying, the sower sows the seed by the road, rocky soil, by thorns, and, and the good soil. And that is actually speaking of how deeply we apply the word in our lives. How deeply we actually receive the word. Because by the road means you do the motions. You do what you can, but that doesn't really enter your heart and change you. There's no fruit when you just allow that shallowness of the experience of walking in the Word. He was teaching about the different ways that we relate to the Word of God. We can let it change us on the surface, the shallow motions that are easy to perform. Or we can let it grow roots in our hearts and spirits. And that's what produces the fruits of the word in our lives. There were four types of soils, four different ways that they related to the scriptures in, our, in, in their lives. The rabbis also taught 
about four layers of interpretation of the scriptures. When I first read this, it kept me thinking. So, a lot of times you read some interpretations of, you know, rabbis, Jewish scholars, of some verses, and go like, how did they find that? But because they are always digging deep in their hearts how to really apply the word. So this is out of a book called Exploring Our Hebraic Heritage, A Christian Theology of Roots and Renewal by Marvin Wilson. As an expression of such flexibility, the rabbis speak of pardes, an acronym for the four different layers of exegetical meaning. So there are four layers of interpretation of the scriptures. Actually, this guy also mentions 70 ways, meanings of each scripture. The first is peshat. It's the plain, simple, or literal meaning. The second is remes. It's a hinting, alluding, the allegorical meaning. The third layer is derash, meaning to inquire, explain, search for the truth. And the fourth is sod, the secret, mysterious, or mystical nuances of the text, normally understood only by the most advanced students. The rabbis insisted that a text should be rooted in Peshat before other meanings are explored. Meaning, don't read the scriptures and just make it spiritual and mystical. First, you read in the literal sense and do what it says. <laughs> then keep doing that and then look for deeper meanings deeper applications, deeper lessons for how to apply that scripture in, in our lives. Because a lot of times it's easy to take things and, oh, but this is just in the spirit, right? I don't really have to love my neighbor. Forgiving now, I don't need, I am, I grew up past that. I'm more spiritual than that. I don't need to forgive. Does it make sense? When it says, forgive, forgive. <laughs> and then you keep digging for other applications in your life. I'm going to read this again. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. The treasure and the pearl of great price is the word. It is a scripture. It is also the wisdom to live life by applying the principles of the scriptures. Of course, Jesus was not teaching for someone to look for a treasure hidden. 
or just looking for pearls. He was speaking about your decision. How much are you willing to pay? You know, you could compare the, the, the merchant of pearls with our knowledge. Some people are really smart. And they have an answer for everything. But he was saying, the answer for everything is in the word. In the Torah, you know, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is in the word that you're going to find the answers for everything. Right? We're not about tomorrow. You know, the birds don't plant. Right? He was not teaching about material things. He was saying about discovering the deep layers of the scriptures. Matthew 4, 4, Men shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When you find the wisdom in the scriptures, you must be willing to sacrifice all the small and partial knowledge and understanding you may have. This is out of another book called The Parables, Jewish Tradition and Christian Interpretation. In the study of the Jewish roots of Jesus' teachings, these partner illustrations, these two parables of the treasure and the pearl, would fall within the domain of learning Torah and of making disciples to serve in the work of God's kingdom. In fact, the introductions that speak about the kingdom of heaven are almost certainly original. These parables speak about the reign of God. The disciple must be willing to surrender all for training in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is grooming disciples who will transmit his teachings to others. In Job 28, I want to read just verses 18 to 21. But you can start with verse 12. It says, But where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. The deep says, it is not in me. And the sea says, it's not with me. I'm going to jump to 18. Seventeen. So it's speaking about wisdom, right? Gold and or glass cannot equal it, nor can it be exchanged for articles of fine gold. He's talking about everything that you would look for a treasure hidden in the field, right? Coral and crystal are not to be mentioned, and the acquisition of wisdom is above that of pearls. So if you knew the scriptures and you had read Job and when Jesus was talking about the treasure and he was talking about this pearl of great price they probably oh he's talking about Job 28 
He's talking about wisdom. He's talking about the word. And the acquisition of wisdom is above that of pearls. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. Where then does wisdom come from? And where is the place of understanding? Thus it is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the sky. So when we understand what Jesus was saying in deeper layers, he was speaking, telling his disciples, do you want to know what you need to do? One of the, the rich young rulers came to him, what can I do to have eternal life? Well, you honor your father and mother, right? And all the commandments. Done that. Awesome. All good. Okay, so now sell everything. Follow me. Follow me. Now I'm going to teach you deeper applications of everything that you have done already. And I'm going to open the treasures of wisdom for you. But you have to sell everything. And that was too much for him. Another quote from the same book, when we examine the background of the Gospels within Jewish culture, the relationship between the master and the disciple takes on deep significance. The disciple becomes completely devoted to his master by serving him and learning words of Torah from his lips. The disciple discovers the deep meaning of God's will in daily life. The kingdom is realized in everyday experience. So that's what was happening when those guys are following Christ. They were going, okay, I want to learn the kingdom in my everyday experience. How am I going to apply what I already know in my mind in the shallow of what we, we are used to do? You know, we're used to go to the temple. We're used to do this. We're used to tithe. But he was saying, but what about justice? What about mercy? What about forgiveness? The Torah was to the rabbis the pearl of great price. It contained, as it were, the kingdom of God within itself. By studying and serving the Torah, by practicing it and fulfilling its laws, the Israelite both accepted and took upon himself the glad yoke of the kingdom. He widened the range of the kingdom, and in the eschatological sense, he brought the advance of the kingdom nearer. What was Jesus teaching? He was, number one, opening up straight from the Father what they had to learn from the Scriptures at that moment. You know, they, they had, like the four types of soil, they had received this, the seed of the Word. But it didn't mean that it was necessarily deep and in all the layers 
producing the fruit that they were supposed to produce. And to me, I'm looking, okay, Lord, if we're going to be ready for your coming, make us ready by hearing what you're speaking to us. And how are we supposed to walk, not only, you know, in the outward appearance, you know, like he says, when you pray, don't pray like those that just keep repeating a lot of words. When you fast, don't put that gloomy face, you know, wash your face. You know, this is not about you. This is about what you're doing between you and the Father. Don't make this a religion. But make this a reality, deep in your heart, that will produce the fruit that we are all looking for. So Lord, I bless this for us. Bless that the scriptures keep opening up for us. You know, and that we are able to connect with the heart of what the Lord came to do 2,000 years ago, so that we, we can actually be his disciples today, you know, bringing the kingdom for, for those around us. Amen? Amen. 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 You guys want to stand? Mahalo for listening to this message. If you are led to leave a rating and review, please feel free to do so. May God bless you.